yeah, speaking of Mario, are they gonna make are they are they gonna try to do a a movie? They're the minions team is doing a movie the the this from the studio that brought you minions and more well, minions is comes I mean, in, Mario. In fairness, most of the Mario universe characters are, are not any more fleshed out than any given minion. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. I I fully expect this movie may just cycle back and just be like a minion in a Mario hat or whatever. Um, yeah. And then just being like <laughs> bananas or whatever they the whatever right. minions do. Yeah. I mean, because it's a it's a pretty big universe at this point in the sense of it has lots of characters, but the characters aren't aren't anything. I mean, are the Mario Brothers still plumbers even? Um. Yeah. No, not really. I mean, there are still like green pipes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The uh the the old Mario movie, the one with uh, oh yeah. Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper and John Leguizamo. There was a a distinct lack of pipes. Oh, in there's that tons movie. of pipes in that. I mean, there that whole movie oh, takes I mean, place okay. in like an underground like. Okay, that's fine, but they don't actually. But they don't world. actually travel through pipes, and at one point they actually do go through like a portal, but it's just a like a wobbly piece of sandstone God, wall or something. You know, that was where you needed the big green pipe. Yeah, the best the best part about that movie is that. There's there's a there's like a cliffhanger ending or whatever. Oh yeah, what was that? <laughs> Where they I like can't... come back and then the princess like appears and she's like, "We need to go back in time and like mm-hmm. save reality or whatever." And she yep. has like a giant like machine gun and you're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got really drunk one day and I had watched the. Uh, um, the How Did This Get Made podcast did oh, a live so show on this one specific on the Super Mario Brothers specifically. Uh, and they mentioned during the show, like, oh, by the way, the whole movie is on YouTube and nobody's ever bothered to pull it. It's been there for like 10 years uh, and no one's ever bothered to like DMCA it. Yeah, so no, then no I ended up enough. watching the entire Super Mario Brothers movie on my phone. And just completely baffled yeah. by the whole thing. And then, like, for a couple hours was reading, like, different commentary and, uh, you know, watching, right. you know, he- hear all the Easter eggs you missed in the crazy Super yeah. Mario Brothers movie. Because it is absolute nonsense. Yeah, it is a completely ridiculous movie. And they, they literally, somebody played Mario for, like, 30 seconds. And they were like, yeah, oh, no, I got it. Uh, they, like, looked at the instruction manual. And they were like, uh-huh, no, I get it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think the instruction manual observation is even better than that. They played it for 30 seconds because <laughs> at least the instruction manual had, you know, the characters listed. They couldn't have played it for 30 seconds because like isn't I mean, like, aren't the Hammer Brothers in that movie or something? Uh, maybe. Probably. Oh, no. Sure. I think I'm I think I'm thinking of somebody made a really good uh I think they filmed it inside of Saints Row or something. Made a good fake trailer for like a gritty Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh, that'd oh, it be was fantastic. Good. Yeah. They should I mean if Bob Hoskins was still alive, uh but you know, John Leguizamo, he's still out there. He can make it happen, you know. Yeah. They should kickstart yeah, this. Yeah, the the Luigi's movie Mansion. Is be, well, I mean, <laughs> if if they just mixed in sufficient CGI, they could use that weird technology that they've used to like uh, put Peter Cushing back in the Star <laughs> oh, yeah. Wars movies, you know. Oh man, we'll just have a 
have like a fake Bob Hoskins walking around. <laughs> oh, Yikes. totally. That would be a, that would be a, the, a, the most horrifying use of that technology yet. <laughs> but yeah, it reminds me of uh, I was looking at uh, there's a movie from 2003 where James Woods plays Rudy Giuliani in what? like the Rudy Giuliani like life story. Oh man, was that was that James Woods start down being a crazy right wing <laughs> asshole? That may have been what what did it. I mean, I guess you know really. I mean, he's always been a dickhead, but yeah. that was when nine eleven was real for him. Was when he played Giuliani in a movie. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> but yeah, perfect casting, and yeah, it, it. Looking back now, you're like, oh god, it all it all makes sense that <laughs> Rudy Giuliani is now just going on TV and being like, yeah, Trump did crimes, so what are you going to do about it? You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for being back with us. I am Matthew Hodges from Arlington, Texas, and with me as almost always... My very good friend and co-host, Brendan Williams from Omaha, Nebraska. Brendan, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm happy to be player two. I'm, I'm Luigi-ing it up <laughs> right in here. I always thought Luigi would be the better character to play anyway because he was taller and I was very short when I was growing up. Yeah, you know, he's got that weird, like, weird jump where he, like, wiggles his feet or whatever. Oh, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, know. Totally. It tricks yeah. me up. Well, it seems like the... it's helpful, but it just throws me off. He wore the green uniform, which honestly makes a lot more sense for a, for a plumber, I think. Anyway, so we're back. We had just uh, we had just gone off on a little tangent there about James Woods and Rudy Giuliani. So I, you know, I don't think we need to dig into it super deep because this shit is all going to change by the time you hear this episode. But was it just today that Rudy Giuliani went on TV and he was like, "Yeah, that Stormy Daniels stuff. That's all true." <laughs> yeah. It's like, didn't you say it was lies before? He's like, well, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't actually paying attention. What? Where am I? Yeah. And now Trump is admitting that, yeah, he did reimburse Michael Cohen for paying off Stormy Daniels, like on the eve of the 2016 election. Yeah. yeah I'm still, I'm still in the camp of none of this is going to matter because, like, the evangelicals aren't going to abandon him. Yeah. No. I They're, mean, it, it seems like the strategy now is that. You know, just get Giuliani out there because he doesn't actually, like, understand it, what crimes are. And all you need him to do is just go out there and be like, crimes? Don't, whatever. Like, we got right. North Korea. Like, we can't be dealing with this right now. Like, we're busy. Which is a I mean, great strategy. The dude has just been a, a hateful, self-aggrandizing liar ever since 9-11. So, he, he actually fits right in with the Trump administration. Well, then that was a big story at one point when Trump was putting his his actual team together after the election that Rudy Giuliani was this huge cheerleader for Trump. And then he got snubbed. He got the he got the Chris Christie treatment. Yeah, I mean, people said at the time that he was like, I'm going to be like secretary of state or whatever. And then they were like, mm, never mind. Oh, God, mind I forgot Giuliani. the secretary of state Giuliani. <laughs> test balloon that yeah. was horrible well you know hey it could still happen you know they're keeping the rotation going you know they gotta keep yeah, shuffling well, people around <laughs> i mean they they at least now have a person who's competent at statecraft in that post and by competent at statecraft i mean 
a renowned torturer, torturer and war criminal. So that's a uh, that's pretty. The only thing that's out of character with Mike Pompeo in the Trump administration is that he's a little bit better at doing the stuff that he does than the rest of the people they have employed there. Well, right. And it's like, you know, at least he's not as insane as John Bolton. Like John Bolton makes Mike Pompeo look like, okay, like, yes, he's a dignified statesman. Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness we have, you know, stability in the form of, you know, this CIA ultra right wing war hawk mm-hmm. loyalist or whatever, <laughs> a bit yeah. st- a bit of stability to the role. You know, and it's a nice change of pace for the Trump administration. Yeah. Now, have we gotten to the point where we're having to have confirmation hearings for that crazy torturer woman, the one who like ran that black side in where was it Indonesia or something yeah, like that? I think those they, she's had a couple like hearings or something or I, I think I mean, they've been talking about her a lot, I guess. Um I, I don't think she's been officially confirmed, so I think they got her on a back burner or something for a while, you know, yeah. while the torture stuff can die down with a couple of these, like, um, you know, Trump's lawyers or morons news cycles to get that <laughs> right. out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was supposed to be, like, small business week or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Going going about as well as all of the other dedicated weeks they've ever named. Right. Oh, it was pretty great, though, that Trump this morning had to put out a statement that was like, yes, I did pay off the porn star. Rich people, you know, do it all the time. Like, it's very normal to do. Right. Um, and I got to get going to the national prayer breakfast, but uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Oh, man. And yeah, I mean, th- those are the... Those are the like everyday working class American values that really won him the election, right? I mean, like it, who who among us? You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, on the uh, topic of the prayer brecti- breakfast, I saw the little tidbit today that the who's it the congressional chaplain that oh, Paul yeah. Ryan pressured into resigning now has decided that he is not going to resign after all, and Paul Ryan's going to have to fire him, which uh. That's got to be an awkward day at church. Which, which Paul Ryan already said, like, I don't think I'm going to actually do that. But yeah, right. Paul Ryan literally tried to trick a priest into quitting by insinuating that he would fire him if he didn't quit. Even though the priest was like, I looked it up later and he can't even legally fire me. So <laughs> what an asshole to just try to trick a priest into quitting because he said something like, you know, I, I pray that you know, everybody gets treated like equally under the law and like, don't forget about poor people or whatever. Like what, it was, was the that his big sin thing? Yeah. I mean, li- I mean, literally just cribbed from things that Jesus Christ himself is written down as having said. Right. He's like, I'm just going to read from scripture. And he's like, whoa, dude, like, why are you trying to slam <laughs> yeah. me right now? Yeah. Left is bringing their, bringing their, you know, it, it, everything's got to be political. <laughs> yeah. Even even Jesus is political now. You know, what has it come to? You know, it used to be that Jesus was just the least political. You know, what could be less political than, you know, than a guy who was put to death by two politi- by two massive political parties <laughs> because they were afraid of the threat that he posed wow. to them. Yeah. Liberals ruin everything, man. <laughs> yeah. The, the famous the famous liberal Pharisees. 
I always like that the uh, the other group of priests were called the the Sadducees or the the Sadducees is what it looks like. It sounds way sexier than it actually was. I the think sa- they were like they were like the bookkeepers or something, but they sound like the like the Jewish sex cult it's or like something. The Sagittarius's or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Still think it's pretty funny that uh, one of the main priests um, who who was kind of behind the the whole trial and crucifixion, his name was Anus. Is it is that he's in Superstar, right? Isn't that what oh, yeah. the Yeah, it's, yeah, he's the he's Caiaphas's right hand man or something. Right. And isn't it like an Anias? Uh, Do they ever I, even I say his name ever? No, I mean not not in that show for sure. I, I think it's spelled uh, A N N A S in the in the musical. But and Anus Anus. Yeah, <laughs> when we did the show, uh, he was absolutely anus uh, the whole time. <laughs> That's good. Like, That's a good and, role. Up, up until up until performance. No, I guess because they never say his name, so we could just keep. I think calling Judas him anus. Judas says his name in the in that one scene because he like he goes does, around yep. he says a bunch of people's names that's right Caiaphas and Annas worldly men and wise yep I love that show man well let's see last week we we focused a lot on Trump stuff and it was a good show you should go and listen to it audience um good good analysis as always from us but I think um I think this week we're going to talk about some stuff that's a little Maybe a little more abstract, a little less rooted in direct current events. And the one that I've been having to deal with a lot for the past, geez, couple of months at least, is this whole idea of uh, what to do with incels. Have you been seeing any of this, Brendan? Well, I mean, the the New York Times... uh opinion piece it was definitely out there in the in the headlines well this this whole thing came to the forefront because of the the horrible act of terrorism in toronto where uh who's the who's the kid alec manassian um drove a van through a a crowd and killed like 10 people and on facebook said you know this is this is for you know like incels worldwide like this is this is explicitly an act to help the incel ideology maybe it would help to explain what incel means for the people who have you know i i'm i'm envious that they have avoided this news so i'm going <laughs> to ruin it for them uh incel is short for involuntary involuntarily celibate uh so basically it's just i can't get laid and this has become like a political ideology. Well, and I point. think also implied in that is like, and I'm like really, really angry about it. Yeah. And like think that it's other people's responsibility to like fix it for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a a particularly well-known, he's been around for years, this internet troll named, uh, it's like Kamib or something. And it, I mean, he's written blog posts about how he wants to sue the government because they won't provide him with a girlfriend. Um, I think he tried to have his mom arrested because she wouldn't have sex with him to like ease his pain. Whoa, too whoa! Yeah. That guy's yeah. been going. No, in. no, he's 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 dangerous. Like this is a dude who's been reported to Interpol 
I think he lives in, uh, I think he was in Croatia or something like that. But um, that may sound pretty extreme, but honestly, if you ever interact with, I think you make a, a good point to distinguish people who are disappointed that they're not successful in dating and sex from people who subscribe to incel ideology, which comes along with all of this extra. I mean, it really is a political identity that um, it's this culture of victimhood that it's probably the um, like high sexual value men who are stealing all the women from them. It's the women themselves for not, you know, looking past what just miserable, uh, hateful people they are and having sex with them anyway. Right. And yeah, there've been uh, ever since Toronto, we're seeing these think pieces about, you know, what are we going to do with the incels? Like, how do we, and some people are, are promoting, um, I think probably the best way to handle this is reapproach the way we treat mental health, the way we reach out to, you know, socially isolated young people and, um, try to keep them from like self-radicalizing It shut down the like subreddits where they congregate and kind of build each other up. Um, but yeah, we've seen some, uh, a little bit wilder proposals in the past week, including one from, uh, Robin Hansen, who's an economist at George Mason, uh, who said that basically sex inequality can be likened to economic inequality. And so maybe some of the, some of the solutions from, you know, how do we address economic inequality need to be brought into this conversation? Like basically giving the insults what they want, which is, you know, it's not, I think it's not just a sex thing. It is also a power and control thing. Um, but, you know, one of his, one of his ideas was just literally just doing like cash payments to incels. Uh, like, <laughs> like fig- figure out some, uh, you're just getting paid for your celibacy or whatever. Yeah. You're just, you're just getting, getting paid for not getting laid. Um, presumably that money would come from people who, are having sex oh there's like a sex tax or whatever I, I don't, I, i'm yeah. not sure how they're monitoring that that's like ooh, right yeah <laughs> that's a little invasion of privacy uh scandal waiting to happen now what do you want to bet i mean i think that probably most incels i've interacted with them a lot uh incidentally through my work on men's lib like well, how, incel- how many how many did you have sex with <laughs> no, I I'm part of the problem. Absolutely. Yeah, it's clearly you know, your fault. You know, at least the you were right the, there. The guys who call themselves men going their own way, like they've just decided Magoto. they're just they're yeah. Uh, I, I always pronounce it MIGTOW. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, at least those guys haven't completely sworn off like social interaction. They haven't decided as a political ideal that they are social untouchables. They just don't want to have to, like, chase women anymore. So the option for them to try to be, um, like, politically homosexual is still open to them. And I don't think incels would, you know, it, like, ruins your status in inceldom if you do have sex. Well, right. And I think it's funny because um, 
Yeah, I mean, once you once you declare yourself an incel, um, you almost become a vol cell uh, because yeah, right. You you once you've identified yourself as that, if you're like, oh hey, no, I I'm still uh, hitting all those dating apps though, like just trying to <laughs> trying to see how it's working. Um, oh, not an incel anymore. Bye, guys. Like that's yeah. not that's not happening at that point. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I I've made jokes this year about how. You know, due to some stuff that happened last year, I'm going to try and I'm I'm not going to be like putting myself out there super hard in terms of uh, dating or trying to like flirt with people or anything. Just be me for a little while. So I'm I was joking about having been Volcel, though somebody made a really good uh, point on Twitter that was isn't Volcel just doesn't that assume that there are people like trying to beat down your door to have sex with <laughs> and you? You're really, and you're like, like refusing. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so. Really going out of your way to, <laughs> to avoid it. But I guess the thing that blows my mind is that, you know, there's such an implicit like blame of, of women for this from this side. Right. And Absolutely. they have all these ridiculous ideas of like, you know, People like it should be we should get paid uh, to not have sex or we should be like people should be forced to like have sex with me by the law like laws should be there. Right. To and it's like you don't have to go that far. Like there are things that we could be like, how about first of all, like we legalize prostitution like that is something that is actually feasible and in some states, like Nevada, already is a thing. Sure. Um, and one of the things that has me thinking about this is they recently did that bill that shut down Backpage.com. Yeah, that's right. This is the uh, FOSTA and SESTA like, pair of bills, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this was like an internet security bill, which, you know, the idea was there's these sites out there like Craigslist and this other site called Backpage.com where people were putting up like personal ads for sex workers and sometimes for like sexual um, like prisoners or whatever, like people who were human trafficked or whatever. Yeah, right, right. Like child child prostitution and other kind of right. um, sex trafficking, you know, coercion and things like that. Sure. Which is absolutely terrible and should absolutely be stopped but now a lot of people are saying as a side effect of this bill that shut a lot of that down it not only shut out people who were human trafficking victims but also people who are like oh that's just like my job <laughs> is to right. like be an escort and like now I, do I don't have a job anymore because you just shut down the way that i do my job and that literally leads to unsafe conditions for people who are trying to fix this problem, right? Of yeah. going out there and saying, I'm providing a service to people and now I don't have, I can't do it in a safe way. Um, Absolutely. Because well, it's, it's illegal and, and I can't do it in the open because I'll get arrested when, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, I saw a pretty mind blowing stat the other day that when you drive sex work back underground, when you make it so that people have to meet face to face to do this, um, the murder rate among sex workers goes up to such an extent that it makes a noticeable impact in national murder statistics. 
it it actually moves the needle. So many right. sex workers get killed when they have to do it in less safe ways. So well, and this not actually just, not just sex workers, but all women. Because yeah. if you're going to be if you're going to be a person who you know is is attacking women, you don't care. You know, if they're sex workers or not, maybe it's easier to right. get them alone or whatever if if they're a sex worker. Yeah. But it's it's dangerous for everybody. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, look it's at, a total look backfire. Elliot Roger, who is the the college student who shot up uh, that sorority house um, in California a few years ago. I mean, he's he's a hero among the online communities that identify as incels, you know, so. And there was this one think piece that came out uh, in the past couple of days where it was like, I finally sat down with a guy who identifies as as incel and had him explain to me, you know, what it's all about. And it's this completely uncritical look at this kid's claims that like, yeah, when they talk about, you know, murdering women or like castrating their roommates who get laid when they don't or something that's just them blowing off steam (laughs) right but then somebody shoots up a sorority house or drives a truck through a crowd of people and it's like no it's it's maybe some of them are cosplaying as terrorists but they're also fostering terrorism so this this brings us around to uh ross douthat of the new york times editorial page who wrote Another one of his just nuclear takes on the issue. Um, I saw a great take on Ross Douthat uh, today that was like, Ross Douthat, you know, hears that people are talking about something, skims the first couple of paragraphs of a single article and then hops on Twitter and he's like, okay, listen up, idiots. <laughs> but uh, so so Ross um Wrote this article and then he took to Twitter and this is like the this is the sulkiest thing I've ever read anybody say about their own work on Twitter, which is all right. Let's see if I can write a short thread restating the argument of yesterday's column in ways that are less amenable to misinterpretation. It's like no, dude, you just wrote a shitty column that people aren't disagreeing with you because they misinterpreted your words. They they're disagreeing with you because you make some shitty points. So he does, he does start off pretty strong. And I agree with him when he says that, um, we have, we have a societal problem of there being these incredibly lonely, socially isolated, probably bullied, possibly suffering from mental health issues, young men, and it's something that we have to figure out. We we have to do something because people are it's it's gone past the point where people are literally getting killed by by this ideology. Um I, 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 I this is just so ridiculous because he literally titled his his column The Redistribution of Sex. Right. And but this guy Yeah, taking his cue from Robin what's his ass. Right. Yeah. But this guy hates redistribution, right? That's what makes (laughs) no sense is that when it comes to this, he'll be like, well, I'm open to the argument that maybe we do need to have radical changes to society to redistribute resources more fairly. And it's like, what about getting me some health care? And maybe Jeff Bezos has like one, you know, tenth less money or whatever. Right. He still has a gajillion billion dollars. Like, how about that? And he's like, that's anti anti American, you know? No, we're just we're just gonna redistribute the pussy. That's the only thing Ross is is interested in doing. Um so he looks at a he looks at a couple of 
scenarios. So uh, one of them is uh, kind of going the the Jordan Peterson route, which would be a return to traditional uh, monogamous societal standards. You know, go back to um, everybody gets married. So nobody ever has to go without sex to, you know, oh, like arranged that, marriage. I don't know exactly <laughs> how the fuck that would work. I mean, he, he acknowledges yeah. that that that's for whatever reason, that's just not really popular among yeah. young people. He's like, except for in the hit show, A Handmaid's Tale. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Ahead of its time, perhaps. Uh, he also he brings up that. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a push in leftism to uh, legalize and legitimize sex work. Uh, but this is one of my my major disagreements with him because he uses that as a an argument that the left favors um, some something like a a right to sex that there's like a human right to have sex. The left is not interested in legalizing and legitimizing sex work because they think there's a right to sex. They're doing it because sex workers are getting killed and abused all over the place, and if you bring it out in the open. That's how you help those people. It has it has nothing to do with trying to, you know, help people who can't get laid, though that, you know, is possibly an, an ancillary benefit. Uh, but right. ultimately, he's just he, looking at it. He's looking at it from like he's not looking at it with supply side economics. Like, come right, on, right. Ra- Ross, like <laughs> it's it's all about the supply side, man. Like, think about that perspective. People don't have the right to sex, but they do have the right to do that if they want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. As if uh, as if legalizing sex work would result in a situation where every single sex worker has to take every single customer that comes along. You know, that's uh, I mean, basically what what that ends up if if you take it from a right to sex perspective, you end up with. A situation where you're basically enslaving people to be other people's sex toys. Right. This is like when Ron Paul's like, if you have universal health care, then the government will enslave me to yeah, do- be your doctors doctor. Doctors are slaves now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one of my big disagreements with Ross Douthat on, on this topic. But ultimately, he comes down to, he's like, I don't think either one of these things is really going to solve the problem. What we need to be looking toward is basically sex robots and virtual reality that there there's going to be this uh kind of technocratic solution to it won't matter that you can't get laid because you can always go to your you know it's like the hollow suite on uh deep space nine or something where it's strongly implied that basically what you're saying all the programs in quark's bar are just like these insane sexual conquests or like you know, laying in a pile of giggling naked right. women or something. Um, but that's that's ultimately a failure, too, because what Ross doesn't see is this. This doesn't have anything to do with having sex. Incels, like you, like you mentioned earlier, incels don't even want to have sex at this point because it, like, ruins their clout. Well, this, is one, this is 100% an entitlement issue. Well, and you can tell because have you ever seen when someone tries to get into an incel thread and say, hello, I am a female incel? Oh, yeah. How, oh, does, yeah, they, how does that go? Oh, they, they run her off. I mean, they she is she is just as bad 
as the Stacys who go out and ride the cock carousel because in their mind, even an unattractive woman could have sex with literally anybody. All she has to do is like go to the bar. And uh, so women can never truly be incel. Nobody who has ever actually had sex before can be an incel. They get run out, run out of the group eventually too. No, it's a, it's a, a grievance and entitlement politics that is not, a whole lot different from the things that gave rise to Trumpism among particularly white men. It's this perceived loss of power and prestige within society. You're not getting the things that used to just come really easily to people. And, you know, you can't treat it like it's a thing where if you could just weird science a girlfriend up for all of these dudes this mentality would go away you know i mean frankly i i I don't know do you think you'd try a sex bot out like a really convincing one i mean look just like republicans are for like an all of the above energy strategy you know (laughs) i'm for an all of the above strategy here as well you know let's change the laws for you know legalizing sex work Let's work on the sex robots. Maybe some people would prefer sex robots because they don't like awkward human interaction. And you don't yeah. have to worry about that with a robot. So, well, I mean, there was maybe that some one, people like it. There was that one really distressing story out of some big tech convention where they brought their like latest model uh, sex robot. And the thing was just trashed by the end of the day. People were like beating it and doing all sorts of weird stuff it wasn't designed for you know i mean we can get into like a Westworld conversation about that but i think my point is just that somebody who's in the incel mentality knows the difference between actually having a fulfilling human relationship which is what they actually desire and just having a simulated really good sexual experience you know Using yeah. a sex robot would be kind of like jerking it, just really convincingly. Right. I guess that's just not good enough for the incels, you know? Maybe sometimes you need to look inwards for for enlightenment. Right. <laughs> well, I'm not pretending like we're going to solve this problem, but, you know, any opportunity to dunk on these fucking talking heads who are trying to give these guys any sympathy in the wake of an actual terrorist incident... Um, could you, know, you imagine I'll, I'll Ross Douthat, um, you know, penning a column where he's like, you know, there's been a lot of Muslim terrorism. Let's really look into like the socio and political causes <laughs> of, Hell no. you know, what is really the root of why are they so upset? You know, absolutely not. I somehow absolutely don't see not. him nope. doing the same thought exercise. Nope. Nope. Ross, Ross is, like you said, concerned about redistributing things toward people who look like him and only in the areas that he cares about (laughs) (laughs) all right well yeah that's incels it's it's a i'm glad we got to talk about this a little bit there's another gender issue um that we had this week and i think we'll take a break and come back to that the boy scouts have begun admitting three thousand girls into their ranks 170 troops nationwide have begun a soft launch program after the organization revised its rules in October. 
This may make the virtue signalers feel good, but at what cost? Let's discuss that with Charlie Kirk, the founder and executive director of Turning Point USA, a fabulous group, who's also an Eagle Scout. Charlie, now I'm really impressed. I was impressed with Turning Point, but now you're really cool. Okay, so oh, what's you. the problem with having girls in Boy Scouts other than it kind of messes up the description of the group's name? <laughs> You know, I always said, Laura, I said, well, things are getting really bad, but what's next? Are they going to really let girls into the Boy Scouts? And yeah, now here's where we are. You know, I'll tell you, here's what's wrong with it. Social psychologists will tell you that in the development phase of young men in particular, there's something quite special and quite important with being around just other young boys. Uh, as soon as you put a singular young lady in that environment, their, their behavioral pattern changes completely. Uh, they try to impress that young woman. They try, they, they're, the way they act, the way that they interact totally changes. And look, the Boy Scouts have been unbelievably successful over the last 100 years of turning boys into men and creating some of America's greatest leaders, whether it be Neil Armstrong or U.S. presidents or U.S. senators. And so I'm trying to understand what, what the motive behind this is. And really the conclusion I've come to is the political correct virtue sign signaling left, they like to destroy things that work. They want to destroy core cultural institutions Well, it's an attack on masculinity. Is, yeah, yeah, traditional exactly. masculinity. Totally. That's toxic. It's toxic masculinity now. So you bring girls yes. in. Yeah, so what's going on with the Boy Scouts? They're going to call it Scouts BSA. Yeah, after 108 years, the Boy Scouts is changing its name. The Cub Scouts is keeping its name. Okay. The overarching organization, which is both Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, right. will continue to be called Boy Scouts of America legally. But the actual Boy Scouts program will be called Scouts BSA. I mean, the BSA, Doesn't, the B still the B stands, stands for, for boys. Boy. What the hell? It seems to. I mean, but makes, they will allow girls to be participants. Okay. So. I mean, it makes sense that they'd keep the Cub Scouts name because Cub is not a gendered term. Or is it? <laughs> well, mm. I don't know. I I guess we could go out and interview some bears or something. <laughs> the animal, but not yeah. the Cub Scout rank, by the way. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we have those connections anymore. <laughs> we'll get some of these new non-gender scouts to to check it out. Yeah, non-gender scouts in an organization that still has boy as part of their... Or is this like uh, when KFC switched from being called Kentucky Fried Chicken or KFC <laughs> for short, but then they just completely switched to KFC and they're yeah. like, K doesn't mean Kentucky anymore. The K, those letters, they're just letters. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just love them. Um, it's like TLC, like, is that the Learning Channel? No. Nope. It's not anymore. It's, it's just TLC, it's, you know? It's certainly not tender love and care, given that half of their programming is mean housewives screaming at each other. Oh, man. I recently watched that uh, Hugh Jackman, P.T. Barnum musical. Oh, called, yeah. Like, the uh, Greatest Showman, Greatest Showman or whatever. Show, yeah. But yeah, there's like a part where the, this guy's like, I'm like the, the fattest guy or whatever. I'm so fat. I could be in a circus sideshow. And they're like, how fat are you? And he's like, it's like almost 500 pounds. And I was like, that's not even enough to like get your own special on TLC nowadays. <laughs> like, that's so weak. Yeah. You need to be crane lifted out of your apartment or you're not circus material, sir. I guess it'd be kind of difficult for them at the time, though, because they were still traveling around on trains and stuff. Yeah, they had not advanced uh, into the advanced levels of obesity that, that we have now. They didn't have the technology right. you know, at the time, <laughs> but we've been really working on it for decades. <laughs> 
Yeah, so the Boy Scouts thing, I, I think it's interesting. I, you know, you and I, when we were in Scouts, we were trying to get one of those, uh, what do they call it, the Explorer Troops going. Because we oh, had a couple Venture of... Venture Scouts. Yeah, Venture, Venture Scouts, that's right. Because um, we had a couple of gal friends who wanted to go camping and do, you know, they mostly do the, the cool Scout stuff, like whitewater rafting and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of girls in Scouts BSA. I just yeah, it's it's hard for me to picture that name. It's so it's, it's such a bad name. It's, I think it's, it's really bad. bad. Yeah. Why not just scouts? Was that <laughs> <laughs> that might be taken? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you're <laughs> getting into a copyright dispute with mm-hmm. uh, Harper Lee or something. Right. <laughs> the Scout Scouts. We can do that one. Yeah, I have no objections. We had some kind of hinky comments on men's lib about it or like so are the girl scouts going to do the same thing now who cares i mean honestly like now there's now there's one big organization that kids of any gender and uh sexual orientation can join like couldn't they just merge them or you know keep them off i don't know i don't know do you think there's value in i guess we talked about this with megan a few episodes back but you know is there value in having gender segregated scouting i mean or really any activity um it seems like there probably is a benefit to not being so strict about it with any legacy organization that has traditionally been you know for a single gender even if they're like even the boy scouts now are going to be like well now you could be a girl and join but like it's probably still going to be mostly boys for a really long time yeah if yeah, not sure. forever so i mean it almost makes sense to just start fresh and do something new it reminds me of that parks and rec episode where like ron and leslie are running their own scouting organizations <laughs> camps and, or whatever yeah, yeah and, and ron's is this super hardcore outdoorsman we're gonna you know we sleep under like a single tarp and the only thing we eat is the fish we catch Whereas Leslie's like got the nice cabin and they have like a puppy party and everybody's like <laughs> eating candy all night. And some of the boys want to join that troop. But by the end of the episode, Leslie starts a new, I think she just calls them like the Ron Swanson Scouts or something. Um, that's going to be super hardcore outdoorsmen, you know, learn how to shoot and use an axe and whittle and stuff like that. But it's gender neutral. And then everybody's happy. Because now, now some of the boys get to have puppy parties in the cabin and some of the girls get to go, you know, do survivalist stuff. That that makes more sense to me as an organization, you know, as a way to organize the two groups than it would along gender lines. I'm surprised they didn't go with their original name of Scouts LGTBQSA. <laughs> I thought that's what they were going to go with, but I guess... It was hard for people to say. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that we're going to see political cartoons along that theme. <laughs> but I'm yeah, sure I mean, ben, I wonder ben if Ben what... Garrison has everything labeled, you know, like the crying eagle will be labeled like with the big <laughs> with the the Mars symbol, you know, the the arrow and circle. And they're going to be like, "It's really hard to hike in these stilettos." Oh. <laughs> That's exactly what the fucking punchline's going to be. <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking at the I'm reading the Washington Post article about it and Girl Scouts 
basically they they oppose the inclusion of girls into Boy Scouts. I can't imagine that there's any sort of turf war going on there. Uh, but also said that the name change is mostly just that, that it doesn't have any new girl-focused programming. But I'm not sure what that means exactly. Like, what? I was never a Girl Scout, so I don't know what kind of girl-focused programming they're talking about. What, they're saying that the Girl Scouts doesn't have girl-focused programming? No, no, that the the new Scouts BSA basically is just a name change that, that the Scouts haven't incorporated any girl focused activities <laughs> that's so telling that did is that an actual boy scouts person said that a girl scouts person said a that. girl scouts person said yeah. that yeah that's just so weird because yeah I, I i wonder what they think that would be because they're just saying on the boy scout side like yeah girls can participate and we're just doing the same types of of things like we're not going to be like, all right, guys, Boy Scouts is now, you know, all about like oil painting and ballet and I mean, it, but that's flower like, arranging as, or whatever. But like, you if, could still do that. Stuff. As if boys can't also right. enjoy oil painting and, and ballet. I mean, they're famous male. Are they called ballerinas? Are they called ballerinos? I don't know. <laughs> this is, that's very telling. <laughs> Ballerinixes. Yeah, so it looks like uh, the actual Scouts, what used to be the Boy Scouts above Cub Scouts, will stay gender divided, but troops of all girls will be able to work toward Eagle Scout. That's really not as much of a change as I thought. No. That's really dumb. I wonder how long that lasts. Probably not very long. Yeah, I kind of doubt it myself. I mean, if you're... A group of girls, or more likely a group of parents, who want to get a scouting troop going for your daughters, don't you just start a Girl Scout troop? I mean, for one thing, I, they, yeah. they sell the cookies, which are miles better than that shitty popcorn. That, oh, the popcorn's terrible. Oh, it's awful. Do you think it's time for a uniform design upgrade? I think they need to get, like, you know, Ralph Lauren in there. <laughs> popping it up a little bit i i think that would be fine i mean honestly i don't think the beige uh the like 120 year old baden powell uniform is doing anybody any favors i mean even yeah, I mean, the, even, uh, even the venture scouts had that that cool like the dark green. green one yeah yeah i mean even the u.s military changes up their uniform like every 10 years or eight years or sure. something like that yeah i mean it's it's time. It's time for a redesign, man. You could at least make the class A's be a little bit more functional. Right. Uh, oh man, I found that great image through the um one of the one of the history images uh Twitters that I follow that was uh, Oh no 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 I I found this at a uh book sale, like a bargain bin book sale. And it was a Boy Scout handbook from I was like the nineteen sixties. I should have bought it, uh, but I took a picture of it and the image on it is a bunch of people like in the bed you know a bunch of boys in the backwoods like cutting a trail or something and they're all wearing their class a uniform the collared shirt with all the fucking badges and things sewn to it and the kerchief and they're wearing those uh what are those like backwoods like flat brimmed hats are oh the know? hats 
Um, the only were they thing... wearing like the official olive socks? Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> the shorts with the socks pulled all the way up to their knees, and I mean, the only thing functional in terms of clothing in that entire picture is the hat. Oh yeah. You know, the rest of that shit is miserable. You remember going to summer camp, and it'd be like 95 degrees at 5:30 in the afternoon when we all have to go to the flag ceremony before dinner, and you're standing in this open field just sweating your balls off <laughs> yeah maybe like a like a sport kind of fabric make it a little yeah. bit more uh all-purpose absolutely you you say ralph lauren i say uh columbia or like under armor or something <laughs> yeah could you imagine if you're like oh welcome to the boy scouts or whatever like now you have to spend 300 dollars on like a, on a <laughs> head-to-toe under armor kit or whatever right <laughs> and that's that's not too different though. I mean, you do it's have true. to. That's I mean, that's that's a thing that they should be addressing along with gender equality is uh, class equality and making sure that. I mean, I think that some of the kids who would get the most out of the good things that scouting has to offer are the ones who probably have the least amount of you know family resources to be able to participate in that. I mean, it's just like any other extracurricular activity the reason poor kids don't get to play hockey the reason like hockey and lacrosse and football in a lot of places football are mostly dominated by you know wealthier white kids is just all the gear oh absolutely it's hundreds of dollars especially for for football whereas like basketball and soccer it's like you just need a ball and you could pretty much get one for like 10 bucks Yep, absolutely. You can play in, I mean, they're better shoes, they're probably more comfortable shorts, but honestly, you don't need that stuff in order to play basketball. That's right. Those Adidas Sambas, man, they don't they don't cost that much. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess it's a step forward. It it's an interesting development that just it was just like a year ago or something that they said they would allow transgender scouts, um, which I, I could see this move now igniting a a bit of a, a kerfuffle, you know, like which troop, which of the two gender segregated scout troops will yeah. a transgender kid be required to join? <laughs> yeah, they'd need to have like a scouting draft. Uh, what for the transgender kids? Yeah, just for, no, just for yeah, just for all the kids. You know, you just kind of draft the kids, them in. Yeah. I still think the idea that we had a few episodes ago, where you could have, you know, one troop where the different patrols are varying levels of things like outdoor intensity, um, a focus on um, practical skills versus uh artistic skills or something like that and people could join patrols and shift around in them depending on their level of interest in the various things i still think that's a pretty good idea because then you could have your like ron swanson patrol the ones who are going to go out with you know all you get is a hatchet and a length of rope and we're going (laughs) to try to survive in the wilderness all weekend right and then you know and then the other kids who want to do the um, you know, cultural appreciation sort of activities where you go to a, you know, history museum or whatever. Cool. Yeah, this is this is an interesting one here. Um, Georgia State Senator 
Michael Williams, who's a candidate for governor in Georgia, said that this whole thing is left-wing cultural engineering and is the equivalent of caving to the Nazis. (laughs) It's like, you know what the Nazis loved? Gender integration. (laughs) It's, It's the worst. Yeah. It's funny, too, because they said that this really helps a lot of more rural areas where there would only be, like, 20 kids in the whole town who were, like, even doing this. And then we'd be like, oh, we got to split them into, like, two groups for boys and girls. Right. Like, <laughs> which night are you guys going to use the, like, social hall? You know, <laughs> it's like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Why are we wasting our, our yeah. time with yeah, this? It's just a waste of resources <laughs> right. at that point. Yeah, which the Nazis it, also did hate, to be fair. <laughs> Very efficient. That's true. Williams blasted the organization for caving to, quote, left-wing social engineers who want to remove the concept of male masculinity from society. <laughs> they literally... Suggest, suggesting that if people had been supportive of such a name change during World War II, the United States would have been taken over by Nazis. Quote, liberals tell us that masculinity is, is toxic. And that girls can be boys and boys should no longer be boys, he said. Imagine the outcome of World War II if the greatest generation had been raised by these politically correct bedwetters. You'd be reading this in German. <laughs> wow. That's going that's going a bit far, uh, I feel like. <laughs> but yeah. Georgia gubernatorial election. You gotta, you gotta plant your flag somewhere. Man, yeah, yeah. I, that is especially since they went out of their way to say like we're not actually changing like any of the activities that anyone participates in. But he knows it's only a matter of time before they're just having like nail painting parties, <laughs> and then you just get the downfall of civilization. You know, I'm not sure exactly what his point is here because he acknowledges that girls can be boys. And boys should no longer be... So, you're still going to end up with boys doing boy stuff. They'll just be the girls. And now the boys, I guess, are doing the girl stuff. <laughs> They're just doing, just doing a flip-flop or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, sure. Okay. Which actually, honest to God, that probably wouldn't be the worst thing for most kids to uh, have have some experience with the other completely artificially gender-coded activities. Right. That actually would probably do a lot to... Uh, help people kind of get along a little bit better. Right. I mean, it is just funny, though, that this guy's really going to, like, plant his his foot and draw a line. Like, hey, we should just let people, like, do whatever they want to do, and really, regardless of what gender they are, and just let them make their own decisions. And he's like, no, <laughs> never. I refuse. A girl wants to learn how to, like, carve a spoon out of, out of wood right. with a whittling knife. This is Nazism. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, it, I, it boggles the mind. Yeah, and I, I don't see how this move has anything to do with how boys should no longer be boys. I don't think they're getting rid of the, like, rock climbing and shotgun shooting merit badges or anything like that. I tell you what, I think the, uh, I think the Girl Scouts are totally wrong. I think if you did start adding girls into troops of adolescent boys, there would be a lot of focus on female activities. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna do the uh the pearl clutching thing that some of these parents are doing where it's like, you know, the kids are just gonna be sneaking off and having sex. Like Scouts isn't like that. You're you're a lot more supervised than that. Also, 
gay scouts like you know that's the thing that always gets left out of this conversation right. that you know exactly. that was always a possibility for gay boy scouts but i don't think that that is like an epidemic or anything yeah so somehow they survived this long <laughs> next they'll want boys and girls to like go to public schools together or something i don't know <laughs> the downfall of civilization right. there the problem is i think he watched the handmaid's tale and thought that that was what the girl scout was <laughs> those the the red uniforms with the bonnets and everything in touch with the youth of today <laughs> that's a lot of gender for one episode what do you say we uh try to find something non-gender related and take it out on a high note yeah that's the boy scout solemn creed be prepared and be clean in word and deed. Don't solicit for your sister, that's not nice. Unless you get a good percentage of her price. Be prepared. And be careful not to do your good deeds. <laughs> when there's no one watching you. If you're looking for adventure of a new and different kind. And you come across a Girl Scout who is similarly inclined. Don't be nervous, don't be flustered, don't be scared. Be prepared. So I think for the high note, it sounded like Brendan read something that kind of impressed you so we're going to take a little vacation out of the great plains up to some of my old stomping grounds the pacific northwest though i didn't really get to spend that much time in seattle but yeah what was this thing you read what's going on in seattle yeah it's been a little rainy here lately so i was definitely in a seattle state of mind but kind of in that gray drizzly mood yeah yeah as we do every week trying to bring it out on something a little bit uh lighter uh, i was looking at some uplifting news stories and uh I saw this story that the city of Seattle legalized marijuana a while ago now. It, it's almost been two or three years, it seems like. Yeah, I think that's right. The whole the whole state of Washington, I think. Finally getting around now to the city of Seattle asking the state court to vacate hundreds of prior marijuana possession convictions going nice. back over the past 30 years. If you have that on your record, it's, like, expunged. If you were, like, locked up for it, I guess you get out. Although, I guess for simple possession, you're, you're probably not getting locked up for very long. Eh, it kind of depends on what you look like, probably. Man, if you had to, like, pay a fine, do you get the fine back? I don't I don't think they, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they that went might that be, far. <laughs> that might be a bridge too far for your uh, average local government. <laughs> uh, district attorney in uh, Philadelphia is looking into doing something like this as well. Yeah. And I think it yeah, makes we, a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah, they're they're doing similar things in at least uh I think the Los Angeles area and I mentioned the Cynthia Nixon campaign on a uh recent episode. Uh this is another one of those positions where her position on the thing has pushed Andrew Cuomo to also support doing like you said uh this restorative justice. Let's fix the recognizing that Marijuana prosecution and incarceration has always fallen along racial and class lines. What this does to restore the community, I think it's terrific. Well, and the best part about it is it literally costs them like nothing to do. Like, it's not like it's like, oh, it's so much work. And, you know, right. it's such a cost to do that. It's like, oh, no, you just tell them like, yep, don't worry about that anymore. And then they go, OK. Now that marijuana has much more social acceptance, I think the the most recent number I saw was something like 
65% of all Americans support just full legalization. Yeah, I mean, over 50% of Republicans in a recent poll, even. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it, it enjoys majority support pretty much across the board, even among older people. It's hard for me to get in somebody's head as somebody who's always been fully in favor of, you know, fully legalized marijuana, certainly decriminalized other drugs, to ever have thought that it was just to lock somebody up for violating that particular law. You know, what's the political support look like among people who may in the past have completely bought into the idea that we're, you know, we're stopping drug trafficking and pot getting to our kids. Are they also in favor of this kind of thing? Have people, are people changing their minds at about the same rate as with full legalization? Was there some kind of tipping point where people were in favor of legalization, but didn't really make that a known position? Or something like that? What do you think? No, I think it's a lot of that stuff. In a lot of ways, people were like, no, it'll cause so many problems. I just don't think it's a good idea. It's not like worth it. And then when it happens in some places and they don't have a ton of problems, they go, oh, well, never mind. Like, I guess I was wrong. And I think it's kind of the same thing with gay marriage, too, yeah. where so many people were like, I just don't like gay marriage. It shouldn't be called marriage or it should just be civil unions or whatever. Gays squick me out so they shouldn't have the same thing that I had. Right. And then places started doing it and then people were like, oh, actually, like, no one cares. It actually isn't bad at all. Well, yeah. I mean, the the funniest thing about the, the gay marriage debate has always been that people getting married and settling down in a nuclear family is one of the most conservative things you could possibly <laughs> right. do. You know, like, there was nothing stopping gay people from having a never-ending series of, you know, sexual conquests and, like, giant gay orgies. Like, there was no law against... I mean, <laughs> there were, you know, in the past, there were laws against that, but not since, like, Lawrence v. Texas. It's just incredibly conservative to want to get married and, like, have kids. And it's always struck me as really funny that it was the conservative crowd who were against that. I think you're going to be seeing a race from both sides of Republicans and Democrats being like, no, I'm for it. No, I'm for it more, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> because it is so popular now. It's reached that tipping point where now politicians are going to start jumping on the bandwagon. The Democrats are going to do this the same way Obama did with gay marriage, where it's like, I'm against it until it turns out the people are for it. it now I'm for it. Yeah, now, I, now it turns out it's, it's great. Like, yeah, it's that uh, the French revolutionary sitting in the cafe and everybody's running by in a mob and he's like, I have to find out where my people are headed so I can lead them. Yeah. <laughs> kudos to Seattle. Kudos to any of these areas that are, are doing this uh, legalization and going back and rectifying that wrong. I think it might be a little while before we see some of that action in the in the plains, but maybe Colorado will lead the way. Yeah. Like I said, if you're going to legalize it, it only makes sense to expunge people's criminal records for activity that is now 100% legal and crucial to your state's burgeoning economy not to not to go all fiscal republican here but there is a sound economic argument for this you know people will be more employable you won't be spending all of this money keeping people locked up for a thing that's now legal right that alone should should be convincing to state legislators who are facing budget crunches right. which they always are around here yeah and be like hey like local cops maybe instead of trying to like bust 15-year-olds with a joint, maybe go find some of the rapes and murders and, yeah. and make that better, please. Or maybe we could just start drawing down police presence generally, because it turns out when you take out the 
black kid selling a dime bag or just having one on him. That's like way less crime just immediately. <laughs> you just don't need as many fucking cops. Right. Or maybe we could like <laughs> use the weed tax money to fund their pensions that are underfunded or whatever, you know? Yeah, there's, right. Yeah, <laughs> there's you lots of things that you could do. I'm not sure if I'm quite at the point where I want to make class solidarity with cops, but I see your point. <laughs> My high note this week is another situation that did not require cops to complete peacefully. Also out of Seattle, which is kind of funny, there was a... Uh, a Mayday March, um, Mayday being the, it's the actual labor holiday. A bunch of socialists and social democrats got together. They were marching in Seattle. And of course, the usual douchebag suspects showed up, including <laughs> this one guy who, it's hard to tell. I guess he, he said on social media that, no, I'm not affiliated with the Proud Boys. Or maybe the Proud Boys kicked him out and said, you have to say that you're not affiliated <laughs> with us. Because there's this amazing video. And I'm just going to play a clip of it here and then I'll describe what's going on. You can do it. You'll get it. You've been working. You've been doing a lot of arm work at the gym, right? <laughs> this is... Do it. Do it. You know, this is a, it's a very educated city. There's a lot of engineers in this city. You can get a lot of help. I, I am putting this to buzz. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> hey, genius, why don't you take the lid off? Take the lid off. You needed a liberal to help you with that, dude. So the video is this guy, you know, white dude, he's wearing a little red backpack and sunglasses. He he didn't really come like kitted out here, who's standing next to a trash can trying to tear a protest sign in half. And literally all the sign says is something like, America is not for fascism or something like that. It's it's this a political slogan that doesn't seem like it should be all that controversial, but this guy was pissed, apparently, about the existence of this one sign. And he's standing there trying to tear it in half. And I think it's kind of hard to tell from the video, but it looks like one of those, uh, like, corrugated plastic or, like, vinyl signs that, you know, that they would make a, like, a political, like, yard sign out of or something. Yeah. I've had those signs before and they're they're pretty tough, man. I also do want to mention that he was wearing fingerless oh, gloves, yeah, that's right. <laughs> which I thought was a nice touch. There were people responding to the tweet like, he probably has a bike somewhere. It's like, no, he doesn't. He just thought that he looked like a badass wearing his fingerless gloves. <laughs> but they did not give him the power to tear this uh, this plastic <laughs> sign in half. For like two full minutes, he's standing in front of a crowd of people who are all heckling him because he can't tear this sign in half. And at one point, uh, the gal even says like, dude, you could just put that in the trash can. Just take the top off. Just take the top off, dumbass. Just shove it in there if you want to get well, rid of it so he's bad. He's trying to shove it in like the tiny hole where like an <laughs> aluminum can would go or whatever. Oh, it's so good. Oh, he's and bending the... it back and forth is my favorite to try to weaken it. <laughs> the way you do with like, you know, when you get paid and you have to separate the check from the bank stub <laughs> or something. Oh my God. Yeah, it just doesn't work. And like another guy, I think part of the crowd, uh, like one of the like Antifa people is even like, Let's see if I can do it. Nope, I can't do it. You're not going to fucking rip that sign in half. Uh, oh, it's so great. And eventually he just takes his ball and goes home. He just like, he folds the thing up and just kind of like stalks off in shame. And everybody's cheering for him. And that was my high note this week. I, it, it was just, it was so amazing to see this, this proud boy 
have a have a shame boy moment. I, I don't want to make fun of him because he wasn't like strong enough to tear the sign in half or anything. But yeah, I do. Nobody make would fun be strong him. enough right. to tear that sign in half. Yeah. I want him to be to make fun of him for being stupid enough to think that it was physically possible to <laughs> to tear that thick plastic sign in half, and that he would even well, try for so long. There are a number of things we can celebrate about his stupidity. One of them is. Why did he pick that sign of all of them? The one that just says, like, America's not fascist. You know, he knew he was being videotaped at that point. There's a video of him all over the internet now with him saying, apparently, I guess, America is fascist or he wants it to be. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not a great yeah, move. Man. To say nothing of the stupidity of actually supporting fascism right. in America. Well, you know, it's like when people come out with those signs where they're like, America's a Christian nation. And you're like, well, no, it's not because I'm not Christian and I'm here. He was just insulted because he was like, look, I'm fascist. <laughs> I'm in America right now. Like, this is just a factually false sign. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Like that chud recently who lost his lawsuit against a bar that kicked him out for wearing a MAGA hat uh, <laughs> and tried, tried to claim that it was religious oppression and the judge right. was not having any of that. Turns out oh, so Trumpism, good. not yet an official religion, but I'm sure they're working on it. <laughs> not a recognized religion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, on another great high note, um, it looks like Richard Spencer's website uh, got pulled off of uh, like GoDaddy is refusing to host it. I wonder if they'll, they'll try the thing that... Uh, the dark Nazi Reddit, the the Reddit clone, Vote. Oh, I Vote think. with an A, yeah. Vote, who no one would host because it's literally just full of Nazis and child pornographers. And so they tried to host it in Germany, and it got pulled immediately because in Germany they actually have hate speech laws, and you can't <laughs> say that kind of shit. Oops. Yeah, it's registered in Colombia, South America, yeah. right now. Ah, uh, so good. So good. Cocaine Mitch running this running this website. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, should we should we uh should we talk about Don Blankenship just real quick? We got oh. we got a couple minutes. Yeah, Don Blankenship's uh, new uh new political ad <laughs> where he just <laughs> he just says like Well no, hold on. Before you say what he said, what he got in trouble for in the past few days was using the word Chinaman <laughs> in an interview. Right, and people were like, did you Mitch, just say he, Chinaman? <laughs> he really hates Mitch McConnell, and he really hates that his wife is Chinese, who also is like the Secretary of Transportation in the Trump administration or whatever. Right. So, yeah, he's really going out on a limb here against the Republican <laughs> Party to try to win this uh, West Virginia Senate primary. Maybe we'll just run the whole ad as a sting <laughs> after, the, after the credits, because it's so uh, good. I mean, it's just like this completely like affectless he looks like a trump's android in the disney's hall of presidents you know <laughs> it's like the eyes aren't connecting right. with anything that you can tell it's not actually looking at anything triples down on using the word chinaman or actually like <laughs> he says in china a, person in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think it, i think it might have been uh connor on twitter who said when you're really woke on gender issues but nothing else <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says like Mitch McConnell's China family gave him millions of dollars to do Man. cocaine on his yacht. Yeah, that's right. He calls him calls him cocaine Mitch with <laughs> his two granddaughters sitting in his lap. <laughs> I thought when he started running for Senate that he'd at least try to like hype it up a little, but no, he his ad is just like, Hey, I'm not like a ship. 
I'm the real conservative uh, right. in this race. Uh, yeah, refers to everybody else in the Republican Party as being swampy. I mean, he's going like full <laughs> in on the the Trump rhetoric, and yeah. he's still pulling like thirty percent of the primary yeah. vote in recent polls. Well, so. and the Ooh. the Republicans are shitting their pants too because this is going to be another like Roy Moore debacle for them, where. The person who wins their primary ends up being so disgusting. It's almost like if you allow Donald Trump to be the head of your party, that all kinds of disgusting <laughs> swamp creatures will will want to run and your base will support yep. them. I mean, it's almost like this was a horrible idea that you should never have got along with in the first place. And that, my friends, is the real high note of this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, y'all. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you. You can follow the show at liquid underscore flannel on Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Apple, too. Aren't we still on iTunes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. On the on the podcast store yeah. or whatever. Nice. So, uh, yeah, if you find us there, share it around. Rate it highly. Tell your friends. I am on Twitter at MattTheGweight with a W. And Brendan is also on Twitter at... I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, I think we have a, an exciting guest for you next week. So tune in for that as well. And we'll uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Swamp Captain Mitch McConnell has created millions of jobs for China people. While doing so, Mitch has gotten rich. In fact, his China family has given him tens of millions of dollars. Mitch's swamp people are now running false negative ads against me. They are also childishly calling me despicable and mentally ill. The war to drain the swamp and create jobs for West Virginia people has begun. I will beat Joe Manchin and ditch cocaine Mitch for the sake of the kids. <laughs>